the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Power on. Power on. It's time to take your place on the starting grid and get ready for Racer Radio. Your host, Dave Stahl, about to take you for a white-knuckled lap around the motorsports industry, covering everything from top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Watch for the apex, because here comes Racer Radio with Dave Stahl. Folks, welcome to Racer Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer! Uh, that was for Brittany. She's not in today. A little under the weather, but she'll be back rocking and rolling next Sunday. This segment of Bowers brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. If you got a business like a little market, grocery store, liquor store, and you're looking for a cashier, have I got an opportunity for you? How about Point of Sale uh, uh, cashiers? In other words, no people. Just equipment. For the price of a cash register, you can get Southwest Point of Sale to come out to your business, take a look. And, man, for the price of a cash register, like I said, they could hook you up. Call them at 800-540-2149. Tell them you heard it right here on KCBQ, and you'll get 24-hour, 7-day-a-week technical service. You'll get it all. Equipment, you get a barcode reader, cash box, printer, and, like I said, the best part of the deal is service 24-7. Black Forest Motorsports, if you got a Porsche, BMW, or Mini, then that's the place you need to be. It's a great dealer alternative. Go to blackforestautomotive.com, blackforestautomotive.com. Well, guess what? AI is slipping into Formula E racing. I knew it was coming, but I've got uh, Sanjay Cervantova from uh, Gen Parts. He's the chief digital strategist. And he's going to tell you all about it. Take a listen. All right, folks. Well, you know, I've got a little bit of a different uh, interview today for you. And it's titled, How Artificial Intelligence in Formula E Racing Can Be Applied to Business Practices. Now, if you don't know what Formula E is, it's motorsports with uh, a battery power, not using gasoline engines. And we're talking to the chief digital strategist from GenPak's uh, Sanjay Servasteva, and he is online, and he's going to tell us uh, what they've been doing over at uh, Genpack. How you doing, sir? I'm well, Dave. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, I, I you know, I, when, when I seen e-racing come into the marketplace, I thought to myself, well, there's got to be there's got to be more to it than than just you know racing without a gas engine. So it sounds like you guys have been working on the alternative. That's exactly right, Dave. Um, there is a lot more to e-racing than what you just said. Uh, it's primarily about two things. It's about innovating on the racetrack and building the modules and the AI componentry that we're all going to be using in a few years from now in the cars you and I drive. And then it's actually about raising awareness in the public when you see these cars going on these incredible speeds on the roads that you and I drive in downtown locations we live in 
And then you look at that and you say, well, there is an alternative. Maybe it is for me. Maybe I can also drive one day. Um, we know the future is all electric, and, uh, and that's what e-racing is about. Well, without a doubt. And you know what's really funny, Sanjay? Motorsports has always been the innovator. Right back to 1903 with Barney Oldfield, they were the ones that came up with a rear-view mirror. They were the ones that came up with seatbelt. So motorsports has always been deeply embedded in the future of bringing us from point A to point B. That's exactly right. And even if you kind of come into, you know, uh, come into today, um, the the uh, the electric world architecture, the 800 world architecture that we first innovated on the racing ter- circuit, you know, a few years ago now, is already showing up in consumer cars that you and I drive. I think two manufacturers have already adopted it, and and obviously it increases the battery capacity and speed and uh, speed with 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 it charges. And so it's the innovations on the racetrack that, and, and really the work we're doing is around the artificial intelligence components. It's actually about understanding all the data, being able to build the data fabric to collect all of that and be able to harvest it the right way. And then use that to make driving more efficient, to make it more safe, to make it more predictable. And they're the very components eventually that will transcend racing and come into the cars that you and I drive. So it is very, very exciting to be part of this. And you're on the cutting edge, but you know as well as I do, convincing a consumer, you know, to adopt this uh, this idea is going to take it's going to take work, and you've only got probably one or two shots at it, you know, when you introduce it to the consumer that it works. Uh, not saying that you can't do it, it's just that you've got to do like, for example, like the interview I just did before you was with Ford Motor Company bringing the Ford Lightning E all-electric pickup truck to law enforcement. So that's a that's a challenge, trying to convince law enforcement that you could live with an electric vehicle, but it makes all the sense in the world. And I think what you're doing is exactly the same thing. And I like the fact that you're 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 not basically shoving it down anybody's throat. You're taking time out of your day to explain to the listeners what the future has to, to give and how we're going to get there and how companies like Genpax are going to work with you to get to that end result. So that's exactly right, Dave. I mean, um, what is super exciting um, about the work we're doing here is that we're addressing the long arc of sustainability, of uh, carbon intensity, of climate change. But we're doing this in short steps that are measurable, that we can look at, that we can appreciate, and that we can enjoy. So, for instance, the work we do, and by the way, when you think about a racing car, think about all of the telemetry on the car because you're essentially getting all of these signals from different parts of the car. Think about all the environmental conditions. We look at friction on the road. We look at temperature. We look at humidity. We look at rainfall. You know, we'll try and simulate all of those conditions so that our drivers can actually drive on the exact same street in a simulator. And when you take that turn on that curve, you want to feel exactly the same bump that you'll feel on your steering wheel. So all of that data comes in. It's really powerful. And then we apply artificial intelligence to harvest all that, to be able to extract meaningful insights from there and then be able to translate that. Um, that's what we do on a day-to-day basis. But what does that all mean? It means that our batteries are more efficient and it gives our drivers better performance over a longer period of time. 
It means that they are safer around these racing circuits with all of the other drivers that are driving at these incredible speeds. And it means that these little modules, these algorithms that we're building today, they're the very same algorithms that eventually will transcend the work we do today. And it is going to be part of cars that you and I drive. And so when you look at that and you see the innovation that's happening on the racetrack, and then you convert it into what it means for us, you know, it makes it real, it makes it affordable, it makes it efficient, it makes it a real alternative for you and I. And that's the beauty of the sport. Yeah, without without a shadow of a doubt. And I think it, uh, it's exciting. I think uh, not only Formula E racing, but, you know, there's off-road racing in the same vein. And and I think all of that is every, everything you need to do your job, because that's your test track. That's your that's where you get your R and D. That's where you decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Well, you know, we are a professional services firm, and we help large corporations around the world drive digital transformation. And so, as much as I'd like to uh, be in this, I don't spend all my day. Uh, just on this. In other words, we spend time with large corporations. And one of the things that's really exciting about racing, you know, you look at what we're learning from this innovative work we're doing. The first thing that comes out is most corporations we work with, and you'll know this, run on an annual cycle and they'll put in a set of changes and you'll, you know, you'll think through and implement all these digital capability and then you'll run a full year and you'll see what the performance is. Um, in the race, that year in a, in a corporation's life is actually 45 minutes in a race. And what I mean by that is we will do all of the analytics, all the data fabric, all the artificial intelligence work. We'll come with a series of insights that will inform our drivers to perform better. And they'll do so in the race that is 45 minutes, roughly so. At the end of the race, we'll learn from what happened in the race. We'll get the data off of those telemetry components to be able to analyze how to do it much better next time. And by the time you get to the next race, race you are in an entirely new business cycle. You know, we've gone from, uh, so the interesting thing about race, uh, e-racing is that all of the teams race the same chassis. Um, they race the same battery. And the idea there is, you know, we want to innovate on things that will come into the cars you and I will drive. Changing the chassis and getting better aerodynamics beyond what we have today isn't really going to translate. You and I will never drive in a car that looks like that. And so the, the, the sport is all about constraining the innovation to areas that we can improve. So in many ways, I think about this as the hardware is exactly the same. It's across the cars in a race, and it's in a race from the start of the season to the end of the season. But we'll start with a car at the start of the season, and by the end of the season, that same car will perform much faster, much better, much more efficiently. The hardware is exactly the same. The software changes every single time. And so that's the beauty, right? You're able to iterate at speed. You're able to innovate at velocity. You're able to learn and then immediately apply it back. And the game in artificial intelligence is just that. It's about tuning the algorithms. It's about adapting it to the environments you're in. It's about exposing it to different use cases from high temperatures to high rainfall and everything in the between. So the AI modules see enough of a diversity of the use cases you and I will drive in so they're more predictable, they're more accurate, they're more safe. And that's the work we do. And so we learn a lot from what we do on racing and actually apply it to the rest of the business that we run. And we take it to large corporations. We help them think through data fabrics and setting up a data architecture, which we've done for racing. We help them think through analytics and insights and augmented intelligence and really then artificial intelligence. And many of the lessons we're learning around small, agile, iterative steps, which is what we have to do in racing, 
are now applying, applying across large corporations. It's really, it translates into so much more than just the work we do in racing. Right. And it could all be done with a laptop. <laughs> well, you know, it can all be seen using a laptop, but, you know, in the back of it, we have, uh, you know, compute servers and, and, and cloud capability. Well, I'm coming from the motorsport community, you know, where you've got toolboxes as big as a house and you've got all this equipment and everything. And now you can sit down with a laptop and change the configuration of a Formula E race car, you know, without touching a wrench on it, which I, which I think is amazing. This has been a great interview. I definitely, definitely, I'll talk to Sherry because I want to stay in touch with you, and I'm sure my listeners will as well, uh, just to see how this advancement goes. I know we don't talk about future product, but I guess the best way to do it is just keep bugging you about every six months and see where you're at. Please do, and for you and your audiences, if you get a chance, please tune in into the next set of races that are coming up. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it's a blast. All right, sir. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful week. Good day to you. All right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Racer Radio, FM 96.1 The Answer. All right, this segment is brought to you by El Cajon Ford, where nobody, absolutely nobody treats you better than El Cajon Ford. Inventory is starting to come in. Used cars are starting to come in. Service department will work on any car in your garage. And it's family-owned and operated. How bad could that be? All right, we got, uh, hopefully, we got the man on the line. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good about yourself. So you were looking for two segments today? You didn't tell me ahead of time. I could have accommodated you. Brittany was sick, and she was like, can you fill in? Oh, you were just helping out. What a guy. I was like, I I can fill in, too, but then I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling good at all. I've been sick for the last couple days. What? I'm like, I don't want to go in there and get you sick now, and everyone, you know. And I'm older than dirt. And I'm older than dirt. Hey, did you see see, uh, Marcy on KUSI the other morning? I reeled it in a little bit to that cut just the end of the segment. I was hoping you're going to rebroadcast it. Someone's going to rebroadcast it. Yeah, because I'm sure it probably went great. Oh, it really did. We promoted the you-know-what out of Barona Speedway, brother, let me tell you. Well, she's just an awesome person. Just, I mean, a racing realtor in a car. How could you know, she be second? How could she be second? It's her first year. I thought she was leading points, but maybe she is she second in points. Well, that's what she I said, but who knows? I was well, blown away after last race. But I mean, like it's yeah. it's, it's incredible that you can just pick up the car and, and go with that. <laughs> I know, so, isn't that crazy? Hey, did you ever did you ever ask her how the roof got wrinkled? No. She loaned it to one of their really good friends just to take it out on the track during practice, and he hit a berm and rolled it over on his roof. <laughs> I, know. I was talking to her at like, last race, and she goes, yeah, front end was broken on the car. We didn't even know it. They came out. That, we had that big two-day race. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she broke the front end on the first day on Friday. And she goes, we, we limped through on Saturday and finished like second or third finished but she goes the car was just the, the shock was gone strut was gone on or something like that it was just bottoming out isn't that they had to fix all that isn't that all right so hey we uh i don't think we were able to chat with you last sunday so did you have some uh uh standards or standards some results that you wanted to chat about <clears throat> yeah well from the race results from eight six uh 22 um it was a great night of racing that was our thousand dollars to win for our dwarf cars uh, start off with our junior drivers, Gage Baldwin out of Lakeside got a main event win. Uh, Cody Isabella out of Santee in a 
sports in Mini Dwarf got a win. Uh, Gage Baldwin was in a junior sprint. Um, Mini Dwarf Masters, Zayden Haynes got a main event win out of Yuma, Arizona. On to the big track, um, IMCA Street Stock slash uh, Stock Cars. Billy Baldwin held off Brian Fitzgibbons. Man, that was a good run. Billy Baldwin was out front the whole time, and Brian Fitzgibbons had to start in the back and work his way up. And I just couldn't make the pass. Baldwin was really strong and held him off. It was mm-hmm. a good battle on that one. Um, <clears throat> on to our Dwarf Car main event. We had like 21 cars show up for $1,000, uh, a really cool first-place trophy, and I autographed, and, and it's a painted guitar was to the winner, and I talked to Darren Brown at the beginning of the ring, and I'm like, man, you showed up. Who else is going to, you know, have a chance? He goes, well, I heard about the guitar. He goes, I wasn't going to really show up because, you know, it's just a race. But when they threw in the guitar, he goes, I'm gonna, I came here just to win the guitar. So at the end of the night, Darren Brown got a main event win. Mike DeBison was second. So that was a good, strong event for them. And then to our IMCA Northern Sport Mods, Jake Triska, first main event win in a big car. He's been racing since he's been a, a junior driver. He goes, the last race, last one I had was when he was in his junior sprint, like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see that in a, in a sport mod, uh, pure stocks. Jason Aldridge got a main event win. And then let's see what our sport compacts, Chris Nemi got a main event win. And I think that was the night. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. Next uh, race coming up, we're looking at the 20th. It's going to be next weekend. And it's going to be IMCA Modifieds, IMCA Sport Mods, IMCA Sport Compacts, IMCA Hobby Stocks, Dwarf Cars, Pony Stocks. Um, SoCal Mowers are on the list to be there. I'm not sure if they're going to be. I know their their class president is is having some some problems, some family problems. Uh, his wife is is sick, so he might be taking some time off. Um, a junior Sprint to Mini Dwarfs, and then the race after that on the third. Let's see, that's. September 3rd, uh, Pure Stocks, uh, there's a mention, Pure Stocks, $1,000 to win. So might be a good night there for them if we have a good showing. They've been they've been strong. Uh, like, we have several several groups that just, you know, show up. Dwarf Cars are, are a good, strong division. IMC Sport Compacts are a good, strong division. I mean, we had, I think we had 15 of them last time. Wow. And just... There's a couple of the divisions that are just really good this year. I mean, they just strong showing. The Pure Stocks is one of those. They they always have a minimum of 12 to, to 16 cars that always show up. Mm. And same thing with the Sport Compact, same thing with, you know, the Dwarf Cars. <clears throat> Modifieds are are a real good division to watch. I mean, actually, oh, yeah. they're just really good, strong, fast cars. But sometimes you might have seven. Sometimes you might have, you know, 18. It's, it's, it's hit or miss, but... For overall averages, there are some classes that just really, they average out really well, and they're a good class to watch. Mm. What else you got? I don't know. I don't, just, well, just, while you're, while you're thinking, days. so I had, uh, uh, when we had Marcy on, I was talking to uh, the girl reporter who's the owner's daughter, and we were mentioning, you know, racing tv you know tv you know celebrities out at barona and i says then i got to thinking we ought to do an all girls you know get four girls from kusi four girls from eight four girls from 10 39 and all that and run them you know once a week and then have a final at the end of the year so i'm going to go after the owner and this time i'm going to ask permission 
the last time I didn't ask permission. <laughs> and he freaked out because of, well, the liability, you know, of all that. Yeah. But wouldn't that be fun if we got just just girls, four I from each? I was already saying, like, hey, let's get everyone back out there. Again. I know. But I, I had that issue because I didn't ask. So, but I will do, I'll set it all up. I'll go to all the stations. I figure four girls will get four compacts, you know, nothing, you know, nothing too too fast or, or scary. And, you know, do it, you know, like during intermission or, or whatever you want to do it. And then at the end of the year, you know, then we'll get the, the four, you know, the winners of the four or of the five or six, how many TV stations I can get, and then have a uh, uh, a runoff, you know, give a really nice trophy. And, and I tell you, man, every station will talk about Barona like crazy. And people will come out. So that's my new game plan. I'm going after well, it again. I think to this day, Paul Rudy is oh. still talking about his. Yes. And oh, who's the guy who's right? I just saw him this morning. Mark Mathis. Mark Mathis. I'm sure Mark Mathis is still crazy about how fun that was. Yeah, I know. He got in a car. And it was like one of the best times he's ever had. So, oh, I know. He, he, I, and if we had enough, if you had enough people, you could do a, a process of elimination, a race down to the best. You know, like you'd put four people from one station, the winner from that one well, advances. That's what we're going to do. From another station, then. Well, see, that's what I want to do. The first, too. say this Saturday, it's KUSI. And then the next time you race is Channel 8. Then the next time you race is Channel 10. Then 39, and then you know Fox, and then CW. And then the winners of each one of those will have a runoff. Yeah. And, you know, go out, get a, you know, I'll sponsor the trophy. I don't care. Get a really nice, you know, really nice trophy, kind of like the guitar thing. And But I got uh, Lauren Finney wants to do it. Uh, I mean, I've already got the girls from KUSI that want to do it. And Lauren, she's been beating me up. You know, how come the boys got to do it? How come the girls get? All right, all right, all right. Give me a break. But I got to go. This time I got to go talk to the owner. <laughs> so I don't get get myself in yeah. in hot water like your that. your contract to make sure it's okay. That's yeah, well, at least it. just let him know. Because I think then what they'd have to do is they'd have to get a, uh, just get them to sign off. You know, get them to and sign off. Payment waiver. Yeah, or whatever you call that silly thing. <laughs> so do you have uh, COVID or are you just sick? I just sick. I I don't know. I think my daughter got a cold or uh, something. I've been been fighting it for a couple of days. Yeah. So. Isn't that funny yeah, how you get things. sick and that's the first thing you think of? <laughs> well, it's the weather, too. I mean, like, I've oh, been, like it's so hot out, and then you, I sleep in the middle of the night, and it's, like, freezing. I wake up in the middle of the night, it's freezing cold. So you go hot to cold, hot to cold all day. Uh, yeah, you just got it. Air conditioning all day, like yeah. when I'm at work, and then so you're not you know, yeah, you know you're get, from being cold to hot to cold. You're getting old, buddy. I hate to tell you. Hey, I usually am pretty good about not getting sick. But, I know, me either. You, know, you can you can never avoid it all year round. That's right. That's right. All right, buddy. Well, hey, go curl back up on the couch. Great talking to you. And I'm going to try to get out there and see you on the twentieth. Well, hopefully so. We're going to be excited. We're ready to go. All right. Take care, buddy, and be safe. Barona Speedway. Dirt Dude, the voice, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Racer Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. This segment is brought to you by Paris Auto Speedway. If you've never been to Paris Auto Speedway, you are totally missing out. It was one amazing racetrack. And if you like dirt, you're going to love Paris. If you've never been to dirt, you're really going to like Paris Auto Speedway. And we've got Scott DeLosio on the line. 
He is the infamous announcer of Paris Auto Speedway, and nobody keeps you up to date on what's going on at the track unless you're listening to Scott. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Trying to escape the heat up here today. Turn the AC on. Yeah, but yeah, I'm in my office locked in here with the three dogs. I was just going to say, if the dogs aren't in there with you, you're going to be in serious trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can be out in the house, but... uh, They'd rather be with you. Keep them back here in the office. (laughs) So you got something pretty exciting coming up? Yeah, we have... uh, You know, last night we had some excitement. I don't know if you guys down there were aware of that railroad car uh, (laughs) that was leaking the chemicals they make styrene with. What? Uh, No, I didn't hear about this. Oh, it started Thursday. I heard it Thursday night. And I didn't pay much attention to it. I woke up on Friday morning, and it's like, well, this could be serious. Uh, it was leaking, whatever the chemical is, and I forget the name of it. Yeah. But they had shut down the freeway by the racetrack, which was causing a tremendous problem. This whole thing was probably about three miles away from the track. They were evacuating the neighborhoods around there. So we, up until yesterday morning, did not know if we were going to race last night. Uh. Wow. And it was one of those deals where, you know, they finally, I, late late Friday night, they did reopen the freeway, said everything was safe. Um, you know, a lot of people don't watch the news on Saturdays. Right. And we were expecting, this ain't going to be a very good night. They want to left. I'm, I live like 36 miles from the racetrack. And I was dreading yeah. that there was going to be a lot of traffic if that situation was, was resolved and we'd have to take an alternate route. Well, it was resolved. And it's still, it takes me normally about 50 minutes to get to the track. Um, there, was no, there was no traffic. So the people watched the news on Friday. Uh, Apparently were scared to go out on Saturday because there was absolutely no traffic. I got there in a half hour. And as the gates open, you know, as people were trickling in, and we had the autograph session before, and Don and I were looking at each other. It's like, oh, this could be a bad night because there was hardly anybody there. Uh, Man, it got to be 7 o'clock, and people came from every direction. We had a great crowd. Uh, you know, it's just, um, I guess a lot of those people escaping the heat because it was, it was, oh, it's like 105 yesterday. Was it really? Uh, yeah, but what's it, yeah. doesn't it, it cools off pretty good at the track once the sun goes down. Normally, yes. Yesterday, Not I so much. came back in the press box and it was about 8 or 8.30. Because it's still 81 degrees out there. Wow. Which, you know, when it's 107, that's not too bad when you think 81. Yeah. But it was warmer than it normally is. So it ended up being a great night, a big crowd. Um, night of destruction didn't disappoint. It was pretty wild. So that worked out great. <laughs> Fantastic. That is awesome. Now, I didn't even hear about the, I didn't even hear about the train, but that's. Yeah, that was the big news here in the L.A. area mm. um, because they were just predicting how bad the traffic was going to be. And the consequences, if that thing blew up. Oh, my. The, the chemical was supposed to be stored are kept at 85 degrees and with the heat and have been parked out there apparently the refrigeration system on the tanker car failed and they weren't going near it they were measuring it from a drone and they were saying at one point it was up to 350 degrees wow that's so they amazing were, they weren't letting anybody near that car so it was about what'd you say three miles away um a little over three miles. It was um, just before the exit Ramona Expressway that you get off to get it to the track. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's close. Yeah. But it didn't affect the racing. You had a good time. How'd the, uh, 
anything exciting happen in the in the uh, the night of destruction? Come on now, it's night of destruction. Give me a break. <laughs> um, exciting and insane. I guess you put those both together when you talk about night of destruction. Um, they tore up some stuff last night, so wow. that's what that's what that crowd is there to see. Yeah. No, I mean it's no. hello, you know, Joey Chitwood. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you could name all of the promoters that figured it out, you know, that, hey, these people want to see rollovers. These people want to see people banging into each other. So, Right. And, you know, it's um, it's one of those deals you put a regular race fan out there and they're not going to like it. Well, I was just going to ask you that because you know your fans pretty well. I mean, you sit up there and you, you pretty much know who's coming and who's not coming. Is it? Would you say that this group is a completely different group of people, or are, are your regulars showing up too? Just guessing. Um, there are probably eighty-five percent of the people who come to Night of Destruction don't come to any other event. Ah, gotcha. Okay. I mean, it's a totally, it's an extremely young crowd too. Really? Um, you know, it's when we were doing the candy giveaways with the sprint cars, right? Um, and we've been doing some other stuff uh, where we haven't been able to do that as much this year. We're going to start it again, I think, in September or October. We'll be back to that. But we noticed when we did that, the age of the crowd of the sprint cars went down. Hmm. You know, a lot younger people with their kids. So, oh. um, yeah, it's a totally different deal, totally different group of people. You know, same, probably a few more of the stock car crowds coming to Night of Destruction, but still it's not a lot of them either. It's just a totally different group of people. But you know that's that's really good because you get your regulars and the regulars talk to their friends, and then you get the night of destruction crowd, and they talk to their friends. So you actually kind of get a double dip of, of attendance because you never know from each group who's going to come to the next big race. Yeah, you know it's uh, it, it's it's a specialized show, and you talk to people around the country, and that's racetracks their biggest nights nowadays right are when they have their night of destruction the track i grew up at which has been struggling for with crowds for the last couple of years um they run a school bus figure eight show every so often and you, it's jam-packed <laughs> you know the regular yeah. racing show out back there it's just it's not doing it anymore they wow. run the school bus figure eight and it, it's packed to the gills yeah the only downside you know, to that is finding vehicles because you know Let's face it, they don't call it Night of Destruction for nothing. Because once they wad them up, there's a, it's a rare chance they get to do it again. Well, you know, our guys keep, keep to guys and gals, we got a lot of girls do it too. They seem to keep coming back with different cars when they waste them. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I mean, to, for a mini-stock Night of Destruction, like we tell people, it's like, drive around your neighborhood. <laughs> You're going to see some mini-stock or a compact car yeah it's probably for sale for seven eight hundred bucks yeah and you're not pouring out you, you know there's no rules except safety rules so if you yeah. don't want to put a bunch of money in it you don't have to wow yeah rattle can it or throw some decals on it or and there's always sponsors you know that wrap things and what have you so yeah i i just had one of our girls uh she's a realtor and it's her first season at Barona, and she's in second place in the in the running, and it's a pure white Chevy Cavalier, just beat to you know what with red lettering, and yeah, she loves it. Cool, cool. We're switching gears this Saturday night. Um, you know, Chris Holt talked to you a couple weeks right. ago. 
a few weeks ago. It's a California Racers Hall of Fame night. It's the USAC Series Sprint Cars. The IMCA Modifieds are there along with the, the past senior and young gun sprints. And through the donations of people from around the country, I mean, it's huge money going out on regular night qualifying. I'm not sure the exact total right now. The fastest qualifier in the sprint cars is going to get a minimum of $1,000 for two laps. Um, we have a trophy dash that's going to pay two grand to win, 1000 for second, I think 700 for third, uh, 300 for fourth. And that's 12 laps. There's money spread into the heat races. And in the main event, there's over $5,000 of lap money for the show. So it's possible if somebody swept the show, Wow. They walked away with over $11,000. What? You're kidding. Oh, that place is going to be packed. Hey, uh, Brittany's home. She unfortunately got COVID last week, but she's on the men's. So she just texted me for you. Did the mini stock that was for sale survive last night? He didn't show up. Ah. He didn't show up. That's Jeff Dyer, the sprint car driver. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm out right now. <laughs> I don't know why, but I had to work. I think he he had to work. I talked to him earlier in the week. Yeah, work on what? What? I think. I think. I think. uh, Brittany's thinking about buying that car. It's still for sale. As of Thursday or Friday, hadn't sold it. I think that girl's so crazy. She just ever since she's seen him, man, she has cannot stop talking about him. Well, that's a pretty decent deal. I think it comes with two engines. I'm not 100 percent sure about that there are spares so oh sure yeah those yeah that's that's a that's junkyard heaven there oh you got it yeah. exactly all right she says even, she said so it survived yes Brittany, it survived you can buy it it's even got you know nice colors pink and purple so what the heck <laughs> pink and purple i'm gonna put on her yes you can buy it pink maybe that's and, why jeff didn't drive it he's a chp officer i don't know oh yeah that might he's be he's never gonna live that down no, he's not going to lift that down. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, so next week, what do you got going next week? That's a sprint car race. We were just talking about yeah. the California Racers Hall of Fame. Night. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, gates open five. Come on out. Racing starts at seven. The weather is supposed to cool down um, about 10, 15 degrees by next Saturday. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which, which means it's going to be like 91 or 92. <laughs> I was just going to say, but I didn't want to say nothing. But that's okay. You got ice cold beer. Uh, ice cold beer. They got ice cream for me. I'm happy. That's right. Yeah, you can't drink your uh, announcer. I don't drink much anyway. So. Well, that's, that's probably just as well. Yeah. Cheaper that way. Yeah. Got, got that right. <laughs> well, I tell you what. So how long, I mean, how are you looking as far as... Uh, uh, championships? Are you, are you are you in the middle of the season? Where are you at? We're just past the halfway point. Okay, uh, so you got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in sprint cars, Damian Gardner, he's had a lot of bad luck lately, but he's still got a 100-point lead over the second-place car. Does he really? And from second back to fifth, it's fairly tight. Um, that could change quite a bit. Those guys, second to fifth is separated by, I want to say, about 40 or 50 Ooh. points. Um, where Damien is, I think, a little over 100 ahead. Oh, and wow. I'd say he's just been, he's had a lot of bad luck lately, and uh, I've just got to turn for him sooner or later. Uh, so when it does, everybody's going to be chasing him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to set him up for another interview. We haven't talked to him in a while because he's a, he's, well, a, he's a hoot. He's hard to get to call on the show, if you remember. Uh, 
Well, give me his. You give you. You email me a cell number. We'll get him. Well, we got to get Brody on there too. Now, Brody. Oh, he's won the last two main events. Uh, the last one he won um, that was at San Rio. We could go last night. He drove a three sixty against the four tens and beat him. This shows you how good that so, guy is. He's on fire right now, so we got to get him back on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Get him on. He always manages to call in. So yeah, he's really, really, really good. All right, buddy. Well, hey, go, go, uh, throw the ball to the dogs, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Always good talking to you, my friend. Go to the website, folks. ParisAutoSpeedway dot com. You can see the schedule. You can buy tickets, and I guarantee you, if you go, you'll have the time of your life. Thanks, buddy. You too. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, my good buddy Norm DeWitt. I haven't talked to him in a while. Hopefully, he's on the line. He is. And we're going to find out all about motorsports from a very interesting perspective on Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. This segment is brought to you by Certified Car Clinic. They can work on any car you have in the garage. And guess what? They'll throw it on a dyno to show you what they did. Go to CertifiedCarCare.net. CertifiedCarCare.net. Hey, we got our good buddy Norm DeWitt on the line, the motorsports guru. How you doing, buddy? Haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, it has been a while, Dave. I hope things have been treating you well. Oh, everything's just hunky-dory, you know. Hope everything's going well for you, and you're sitting in an air-conditioned room. I am sitting in an air conditioned room with a fan on me. Even better. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I'm just down and having lunch with an old sailboat racing pal of mine. So oh. Time to shift back into car racing. So cool. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of it's been an interesting <laughs> last few weeks. Yeah. So why don't you fill us? Why don't you fill us in? Well, the highlights have probably been what's coming up in endurance racing in 2023 and 2024 all the manufacturers are lining up to each of them bring in prototypes you've got cadillac with a delara chassis prototype you've got bmw with a similar uh, separate program at delara you've got ferrari i mean the factory ferrari coming you've got peugeot you've got toyota you've got i believe lamborghini it is gonna be absolutely insane so what would you what would you why do you think the factories all of a sudden now and i mean all of a sudden are jumping into motorsports well i think a lot of it had to do with imsa and lamar getting their act together and since the failure, well, they called it a merger, but it was really the end of the road for the American Le Mans series. Yeah. For a while there, you could race cars at Le Mans and in the United States in our series. And you would basically be running the same car. Mm-hmm. And things started changing a lot a few years back when the big hybrid prototypes were running at Le Mans with... Mm-hmm. With, and everybody had different technologies, and it was probably just one of those periodic highlight periods of time at Le Mans where you had an amazing number of factories in the GT cars and an, and 
uh, you know, the Porsche 919 and the the big Toyota, the Nissan, the the Audi. Everybody had different technologies. One's a diesel, turbo diesel yep. with a carbon flywheel for energy recovery. Another one uses supercapacitor for energy recovery with a big honking natural, normally aspirated V8. And then you had the V4 turbocharged lithium battery Porsche. Everything was completely different technologies. Well, this now it's, it's going to be a hybrid power plants that everybody's developing on their own. And it's going to be a real interesting thing seeing who hits the magic equation. They're just legislating the total downforce. They don't care how you do it. And the Peugeot, it, it, it lacks a rear wing. Mm. They're getting all their downforce from the underbody and, of course, above the body, but not from a wing. It's just going to be a really another one of these golden era of Le Mans wow. and endurance racing. And it really all starts with the 24 hours of Daytona in 2023. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so. so excited. So I have to tell you really quick. So, you know, I, re- I don't know if I told you, but I read, you know, feverishly. I mean, anything automotive. So I was finished one book, and I was going to get a book, and I looked at my my bookcase, and it said Dan. It said um, it said Carol Shelby. I said Carol Shelby. I don't remember this book. So I pulled it out, opened up the cover, written in 1965 by Carol Shelby, and I went, "Wow!" And I flipped a couple pages. It's autographed. I don't know where I got it. I mean, I know I've ran into him many a times and interviewed him. I don't know if he gave it. I don't know. So my wife. Carol was an interesting guy, man. He could sell ice to the Eskimo. Isn't that the truth? So my wife sees it. So she goes in her office, comes back, comes in my office, just put the book down. I go, what? Put the book down. What are you talking about? It's worth $1,900. I'm not putting this book down. Are you kidding? But it is so interesting because this was before he was anything, and it is such. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Well, I mean, Shelby you, Cobras out there. There was GT three hundred and fifty. No, 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 no. But won, this was written. One. Yeah, but this was written. Hours of Le Mans in nineteen fifty nine for Aston Martin. So yeah, somebody. But I know. But I mean, the story. He goes all the way back to the chicken farm, and you know, the whole nine yards, getting into business, and God, it's such a phenomenal read. I mean, I had somebody say, hey, Dave, let's go to lunch. I said, no, I got a real important meeting, and it was me and my book. The early days, the early days of the Trans Am series? Yeah. You had those cars that were like, I forget, what, I don't know how it's pronounced, and say like the Terlingua yep. race team. Well, and he was yeah, in the Allards. Cars. He was in the Allards. He loved the Allards. Well, these these were pretty basic Mustangs that he was running in the Trans Am yeah. series yeah. in the real glory days when it was like Penske with Donahue and the Camaros right. and that sort of thing. And you know why it said Terlingua Racing on the side of the cars? No. Carol had built, had bought a bunch of worthless land in West Texas that was just nothing but rocks and rattlesnakes. And he, he wanted to get rid of it, so he tried to build, he called it Terlingua Ranch, and he tried to build this big mystique about the place so he could unload it. I mean, the, the guy was always... <laughs> oh, he's he wheeling and dealing. Yeah. He was a salesman ex- to the extraordinary, yeah, gifted race car driver. Unbelievable! So, never forget that. I know. So, so with this new series, do you think you're going to see some 
young kids coming up out of the out of the works, uh, possibly becoming a star? And do you see any of the the stars of today starting to wane away because of it? My understanding is that Formula One is trying to make sure they don't schedule a conflict with the twenty four hours of Le Mans. I think you're going to see the best drivers in the world getting snapped up by these by these factories I, to drive. Yep. If, if nothing else, be the third driver at Le Mans. I agree. And it is going to be. I mean, and also next year being the 100th anniversary <clears throat> of the first 24 hours of Le Mans, it should be something to remember. Are you going to be there? Well, I'm hoping to. You know, I, I was. I was last there in 2019. We all know what happened in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, yeah. 2022, all the flights are being canceled and everything else. And sure. I thought, this, you know, maybe not. But I really do want to go back in 2023. Yeah, I've never been. I want to do that, and I want to do the Isle of Man. Yeah, I did that in 2018, and it was an incredible year. It was beautiful weather. Yeah. We're track records in every class, and... uh <sighs> But it's kind of a huge downside. I mean, Roz, this lady I know who has what they, we all call the secret garden, this house that's right at Ago's Leap coming up the hill from mm-hmm. from the, um, the bottom of Bray Hill. And um, they had a fatality there in a sidecar, in the first sidecar race. Uh, and then on the last day, they had a double fatality in her front yard on, mm-hmm. in the sidecar race. Ouch. So um, it's 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 a hard thing. It's an amazing thing, but it's a hard thing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But you know, everybody that runs it, they know it. You know, they know the chance they're taking, and boy, they they put it all out. Yeah, but it's another thing to lose three people in your front yard. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. but the Isle of Man TT is the one. It's like the Targa Florio. Yep. See it while you can. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because if you don't. You know, if you don't, and the other one is Bonneville. I almost went this year, but I couldn't put it together because I had to go cross country and pick up a vehicle from Kentucky. So I, I missed it, and it was just as well because it had, it was like Ocean's Eleven out there. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I know it's been a very it's been a challenge in recent years. <laughs> totally flooded out. Totally, totally, totally. You know, so. All right, so what do you got well, coming up? IndyCar. IndyCar is coming up pretty soon yeah. here at. Uh, yeah. I think it's the ninth, tenth, and eleventh of September. Yeah, IndyCar at Laguna Seca, and um, that'll be, I think, the final race that decides the championship. And we've got us a real battle once again between Penske and Ganassi. Yeah, you got power and New Garden in the Penske cars, and you got uh, Scott Dixon and Alex Palou, the defending champion, in the Ganassi cars, and it's. Probably going to come down to one of those two guys. It'll those four guys. It'll be interesting. Well, hey man, we got to yeah, start. Ash- I got to start bugging you more often. And are you doing any books? Or are you still taking a break? I'm still pulling in stories, but you know, I, I'd like to do a making it faster three because right. Lord knows I have enough stories from. Sadly, a lot of them from people whose stories can no longer be. Told, I know. You know that's why I'm asking I mean, you because they're not. They're, there was a lot of things like Sterling Moss told me that nobody ever got right about the 1955 Milmelia when he won at um, 99 point something miles per hour. Yeah. How he developed his communication systems with Dennis Jenkinson and so many stories. Sounds like a to. sounds like a book, buddy. Hey, how do people get a hold of uh, your books? 
making it faster. Just go to enter making it faster to um, uh, either making it faster.com or making it faster on Amazon. And it'll right. take you right there to my books. All right, buddy. Great read, folks. If you've never read it, you have to try it. All right, buddy. I'll definitely give you a call down the road and we'll do some more chatting. Take care. Good All to right. hear from you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back. Hey. Gun Owners Radio, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.